Hey there, welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. Experience abundance on a whole new level. Michelle Madrano will offer Prosperity Plus, a seven-week online class starting Tuesday, February 16th. Visit milehighchurch.org for details. As I said, one of the first things that struck me when I came here was Kent's playing, and another thing that really struck me was hearing the minister say that at this spiritual community, we welcome all people, we welcome all walks of faith. And uh, I thought, wow, that's different. All faith paths are welcome here. And uh, it's always stuck me in a good place to... uh, to know that, and I still love hearing it, that this is a place, this community is a place that welcomes all people, that we study here together, that uh, we don't claim to have the only path to God, but that there are many paths to God. And what we're really trying to do here is deepen our relationship with Spirit, to build a relationship. And all of us, no matter how we grew up, no matter what faith tradition we might have grown up in, no matter what culture we might have grown up in, this is what we're really seeking, all of us, in our own way, is to have a closer relationship with God. And this is an opportunity for us to do it here. So we all come together to do this. That's what I'm speaking about today, taking it personally, building a closer relationship with God. What drew me to this was I've been reading a lot about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And when he was studying for his, uh, for his work, he was studying to be a Baptist minister at uh, Crozier University and Boston University in the Northeast. He was studying to be a Baptist minister like his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather before him. And there was a school of thought called personalism that was taught at this school that he went to, at these schools that he he attended. Some of the professors taught about personalism, which was a a movement in the mid-1800s around the same time as transcendentalism with Emerson that we talk about a lot here. And personalism had had an effect on Dr. King. And he took it into his heart. And I've read a lot about it, but I think, um, I think the thing that uh, stuck with me the most is this one quote that brought me to this talk today, really. It was just reading this one quote that kind of summed up that philosophy, but summed up so much about where Martin Luther King was coming from in his social justice work. He said that every human being has etched in their personality the indelible stamp of the creator. Every human must be respected because God loves everyone. Human worth lies in relatedness to God. Human worth lies in relatedness to God. This is the basic idea of personalism and this is what moved King forward. That the idea of our relatedness to God binds us together, all of us. We are all a part of it, each person. You know, I was thinking about this uh, as I was preparing for this talk this week. This is what we call our season for nonviolence, which began yesterday. It's a program that Dr. Roger helped bring to this church in 1998, the Association for Global New Thought came up with the season for nonviolence, which 
commemorates the memorial anniversaries of Mahatma Gandhi, Dr. Martin Luther King. Gandhi was assassinated on June 30th, or on, I'm sorry, on January 30th, 1948. Dr. King was assassinated on April 4th, 1968. And those 64 days between those memorial anniversaries is a time when we, we come together and we study. We study the principles of nonviolence and try to bring those into our lives. And we will do that again next year. We'll, we'll dig back into it when we're back in in person. But it just reminded me that uh, that teaching, that teaching of nonviolence is so central to our theme here. And it's about building a relationship with God. It's about taking it personally. King's talk, when he talked about his dream, it was a dream for each person, for each of us. We stand on a principle of oneness here. I remember asking our senior minister, Dr. Fred, what's our theology? And he said, I don't know. I think it's oneness. That idea that each person is special, that each person has a connectedness with God. So we're going to dig into that today. And how can we get our relationship with God deeper, stronger, more powerful? And I think the first place that we want to start is with the idea that God is ineffable. I love that word, ineffable. Dr. Michelle this morning said, boy, I can't believe you're going to use the F word. Ineffable is what the word is. And it means beyond our comprehension, something that we can't understand. Rabbi Heschel said this about ineffable. He said that the ineffable is that which cannot be defined or captured with words, though poetry, music, and art sometimes come close. By the ineffable, we mean that aspect of reality which by its very nature lies beyond our comprehension and is acknowledged by the mind to be beyond the scope of the mind. Acknowledged by the mind to be beyond the scope of the mind. You know, I love that because whatever we think about God, whatever box we put God in, whatever set of precepts we say for God, God's bigger than that. God is bigger than that. We're not going to figure God out. Rabbi Heschel said this, God is not a scientific problem and scientific methods are not capable of solving it. The moment we utter the name of God, we leave the level of scientific thinking and enter the realm of the ineffable. You know, I always mention that to students when... uh, I'm teaching the science of mind and spirit classes here. And I say we come together to study and to learn and to grow together. But there is something we're not going to figure out, and it's called God. We can have a relationship with it, but we should never settle for some kind of an intellectual understanding of God. We want to have a relationship with that ineffable mystery of love that is available to us when we turn to it. And we don't want to settle for anything less than that relationship. You know, one of the things that uh, 
we learn right in the beginning when we're, when we're studying the science of mind as we learn about that relationship. And do we, do we deserve it? Do we deserve to have a relationship with God? I think that's one of the, the things that we struggle with the most because we, a lot of us grew up with the idea that God was this angry, judgmental person up in the sky who was testing us all the time and finding us unworthy, finding that we just didn't quite measure up. And so that made us want to let that relationship go. Who wants a relationship with that kind of God? But we can open our hearts to the idea that God is love, a mystical, open-hearted, compassionate, forgiving love that is available to us when we turn to it. When we turn to that love, it turns to us, and we are worthy with it. We are worthy of it. And that concept of God being both personal and impersonal. You know, that was a big thing when I first came here and was learning about the science of mind and spirit, that Dr. Holmes said, uh, God is impersonal. You know, it took me a while to wrap my head around that, because I thought, well, you know, I always wanted to think that God cared about me personally. That's, that's what I was looking for. And well, she does care about me personally. But the idea is God cares about everyone personally, each person, regardless of our tribe, regardless of our upbringing. God cares about us. God is concerned, is a part of our lives and is available to us. But Holmes really stressed the impersonal to begin with, to realize that it's available to everybody and that we have to turn with it, turn to it. He said this about the impersonal nature of God. He said, we are dealing with an impersonal principle. It will operate for us just as quickly as for another because it is law. Dare to speak and to know that what you speak is the law unto the thing spoken, regardless of what conditions exist. One alone, in consciousness with the infinite, constitutes a complete majority. One with the infinite constitutes a majority. We are powerful when we connect ourselves with this impersonal presence that is open to all people. The creator, the divine presence that brought all things into being is alive in all of us, is a part of all of us. Oh, but God is personal. God is personal as well. And God is no more personal than in the New Testament and in the teachings of Jesus. And I spend a lot of time there in the New Testament. You know, one of my uh, favorite teachers uh, was Harry Emerson Fosdick, who was a teacher, famous minister in New York City who taught at Riverside Chapel. He really brought me to the Bible and a greater understanding of the Bible. And he said that uh, Jesus God was revealed not so much in his words that he used about him as by the way he lived with him. Jesus taught by the way he lived with God, the way that he showed up with God. 
And there's a, there's a story in the Bible that I just love. It's in the 19th chapter of Luke. And it's about uh, a man named Zacchaeus. And he was the, the principal tax collector in Jericho. Not a popular guy in that town, if you can imagine. Nobody really liked him. Thought he was a crook. And as this story goes, Zacchaeus was a short man. And he knew that Jesus was going to be walking through Jericho. There'd be a crowd. And he knew he probably wouldn't be able to see him. So what he did is he went on up ahead into the parade route. And he got up into a tree. And he waited for Jesus there. And as the story goes, when Jesus came by with all these people, he saw Zacchaeus up in the tree and he said, uh, Hey, Zacchaeus, come on down. Today's your lucky day. I'm going to be having dinner with you. I don't know if it went exactly like that, but I might be paraphrasing a little. But Zacchaeus came down and he thought, Wow, this is incredible. I can't believe that I'm going to be able to spend time with Jesus. And the other people who are around there, they're like, what, what's going on here? Why would Jesus hang out with this crook, Zacchaeus? Why would he hang out with him? Why would he have dinner with him? But Jesus said, today's salvation will come to your home. I am here to lift you up. And the reason I love that story so much is because Jesus was on a pretty important journey right then. He was heading to Jerusalem, and he was going to meet, he knew, probably the end of his ministry, the end of his life on earth, and he was going to be meeting with some very important political leaders who had a lot of power. But he stopped to have dinner with Zacchaeus, and he knew that this wasn't an interruption of his mission, wasn't an interruption of what he was here to do. It was, in fact, the thing he was here to do, to be with people. Jesus ate with people, poor people, prostitutes, tax collectors, lepers, the least among us, as it has been said, the least among us. Because he knew that he was teaching by the way that he showed up in the world, by the way that he lived with God and walked with God. My good friend and teacher, Evan Hodkins, he said that uh, politics is about power. Jesus was about dinner. I love that. One on one. He took it personally. He took it personally. So I wanted to talk a little bit also about um, establishing a relationship with God. How we do it. I uh, showed you a picture when I came in this morning of, uh, of our granddaughter, Ruby. And uh, yeah, so um, because of COVID time, it's been hard for us to connect with her. She was born in November, November 7th, big day. Big day, and uh, we wanted to uh, we wanted to get together with her, but we wanted it to be safe. Wanted to be safe for the family, and her parents live up in the mountains with her, and so we got to see her for just a moment when she left the hospital. But uh, um, then they were on their way. So <clears throat> our other son came to town after 
after the uh, Christmas Eve services were over and we, we quarantined in different places and then we got tested and then we quarantined again and, and uh, then we went up to meet her, you know, and it was an uh, amazing thing. And I had, uh, <clears throat> I had written a song for Ruby and worked on it with Gabe while Gabe was at our house and uh, the chorus for, the, for Ruby's song came down the night that she was born. The chorus just came down to me, came through me, wherever stuff comes from, you know, and I just wrote it down and it went, uh, you've come trailing clouds of glory from heaven, here to share your story and to leaven. And we're so glad you chose this day to bring your joy and hope and love to rock our world. You beautiful baby girl, sweet Ruby, what a beautiful baby girl. And so we sang this to her while we were passing her around and holding her. And man, God was singing with us. It was personal for all of us. It was personal. And we talked about Jesus' parable of the leaven. And we realize that Ruby brought the leaven to us, to our family. What Jesus said was, and he was always talking about the kingdom of heaven. What's the kingdom of heaven like? And one of his stories was, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till all the flour was leavened. That's it. That's the story. That's the parable. And he's speaking this to the Jewish people who get all the leaven out of their house before Passover. It's not a good thing. Unleavened bread is their sacred thing. But Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Just a little bit of it raises things up. Raises things up. That's what happens when we take it personally. So with all this talk that we have in Science of Mind about the impersonal nature of God, I wanted to, uh, as we kind of conclude our Back to Basics series, I wanted to show you something about what Ernest Holmes talked about, his personal relationship with God. He said, I have a faith, a conviction, and assurance that cannot be moved, for I am established in a love which envelops everything I contact and every person I meet. I have a friend who knows all my needs. I accept the kingdom of God, which we, God has implanted in me. And this life reaches out to everything around me in joy and gladness and with the blessed assurance that all is well. He took it personally too. And I think the thing that taking personally our relationship with God, I think what it helps us do is to walk with God. That's the last thing I wanted to talk about today. How we walk with God. You know, we're going to be moving into the light here soon. <clears throat> it's going to be springtime. It's going to be summer. We don't know how it's going to all unfold, but there's going to be people back in these seats. Our kids are coming back to our preschool this week. We're going to be opening up. But we're not going back to the way it was. We're going to move forward into a higher vision. 
into a higher idea of what our communities can be. And we're going to be a part of that. We're going to move beyond watching this drama of politics unfold and thinking that we're a part of a, of a TV show that we watch. We're going to show up in the world and we're going to walk with God. This is a higher order of relationship and we're ready for it. We're ready for it. We're ready to walk with God in, in our prayers as we go deeper in our meditations and our affirmative prayer, which we teach here all the time. As we get more comfortable with that relationship with God, we get to bring it into the world, to walk with it, to be with it, and to say, use me, use me. My skills, my talents, use me. So that I can show up in a way that makes the whole thing better. The people that I have my meals with, can I expand that circle? Can I expand my awareness of the people who are around me who I didn't see before? As we move out from behind our screens and move out person to person, what an opportunity this is for us to grow. To outgrow where we were and to move into where we know we can be. A world that works for everyone. That vision is what we're moving towards right now. It's beyond politics. It's bigger than that. We are the hands and feet of God right now, right here. We're here to serve. We're here to show up fully. I want to leave you with a... Uh, a line from Dr. King about where we're heading right now. Let us be those creative dissenters who will call our beloved nation to a higher destiny, to a new plateau of compassion, to a more noble expression of humanness. Let's be those people. And let's pray together. Almighty God, creator of all things, uh, we open our hearts to you right now, each of us, personally, in our own way. However we may have thought of you, however we might hold you in our hearts, you're bigger than that. You're more loving, more open, more compassionate, more wise than we could ever imagine. And yet we invite you fully into our hearts right now. That we might deepen, that we might feel that love and let it radiate out from us to all people we come in contact with and that we might serve a high vision. We are so grateful for this opportunity to be alive right now in this moment. It calls to us and we are not alone. You are with us and I give such great thanks for that. We open to this moment. We walk with you 
with a great sense of courage and connection. We are blessed. For this I give great thanks. And so it is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.